Hey guys, Jake here. Our toe, our toe is chugging along smooth as ever. We've almost completed casting and rehearsals begin imminently. Later on, we're going to be posting a special episode. We've got our Arto, Peter Smith, reading a full short story of Arto's himself. It's a little preview of what's to come when Arto Arto goes up at the Dream Up Festival at Theatre for the New City in September. I keep hearing when I talk about this project from other directors who tackled Spurt of Blood or some other crazy text of Arto's. I like that he's a sounding board, especially in school, for a lot of people. Like some famously unsolvable math problem. In an etude, you're given a bunch of ambiguously worded lines that could mean anything, and challenged to make a scene out of it that makes logical sense. Arto is the opposite of an etude, where there's no wrong way to stage it. With spurt of blood, fountain of blood, whatever, there's no right way to stage it. This week, we've got our producer, Serena Berman, who recounts some cruel revelations from childhood. Following that, no Arto chunk this week, we have Artillier's company member, Trey Fillmore, who drew up some beats inspired by the work we've been reading. Hope you enjoy it. So when I was a kid, uh, I was like a child actor living in L.A., um, which mostly meant like Disney Channel and Nickelodeon things and like smiling for commercials and like being cute and precocious. I was on an episode of Ned's Declassified School Survival Guide. That was a little older. That was like middle school. When I was in a, a McDonald's commercial when I was little, <laughs> advertising for the Inspector Gadget movie, I was like a kid... I was like tying a, a ribbon on a package and then the little Inspector Gadget metal arm came in and like held the bow down with its finger and I was like, thanks. Uh, <laughs> so stuff like that. And I went in on a lot more auditions than things I booked because that's what acting is. I took myself like very seriously as a kid. So I knew I wanted to be an actor and like was like, this is already my career and like this is what I want and this is what I am. And like so when when like things with any heft to them came along like my little eight-year-old self was like yeah like I'm an artist so I remember being really excited when I got an audition for a play because I was like oh a play means it's legit I must have done something for them but they liked me and like I remember receiving word from my agent that like they were interested and I had a call back and they sent me sides. I don't think they sent me the whole play because like why is your eight-year-old gonna read the whole play? Like nobody gives a shit about that. So they sent me the sides. It was an Irish play. It had like some surreal elements to it. I remember there being like a chorus of ghostly people at the end or something weird like that. Like I, I don't remember. But um, it was centered around a woman who had a young daughter who was me a shit storm of shit happened to this woman like it was a dark life it was a sad play and at the end her husband her ex-husband was remarrying and her whole life had fallen apart in some way that I didn't receive the context of because again nobody's sending a full play to an eight-year-old but um it's like the scene after this wedding and the woman is like off in a field or a cliffside or somewhere beautiful and poignant and like my little kid self I don't remember my character's name we're gonna call her Sally because that's a kid name so Sally 
like walks in and is like mommy mommy and it's a woman having a very dark conversation to a, a an unknowing innocent sweet child and she says to her daughter like I, I have to go on a trip I have to go on a long trip and Sally is like take me with you I want to go with you mommy and um, it becomes like very clear to the audience like even to me as an eight-year-old that like she's gonna kill herself she's got like a knife I think she's like playing with a knife behind her back and she keeps saying like I have to go away for a long time and Sally's like I want to go with you and the mother's like you can't where I'm going you can't go yada 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 and if as if that's not fucked up enough just the implication of it so the mother's like you can't go with me Sally wants to go she's like I love dad and his new wife but like you're my mom I want to be with you and so finally the mother says okay and she sits me in her lap like tells me to close my eyes and then slits my throat and then slits her own throat and then that's how the play ends and I remember when I read this like horrified is an understatement like I like my whole world was open like I didn't know that like this much darkness could be in the world like it was the first it was it was not the first but like it was a like it was a thing I could not have fathomed before experiencing it I every I got like panic when I had to work on these sides like I didn't know what to do so I talked to my third grade teacher Mrs. Fisk about it who was like a very influential person in my life she was like you know, she had us like write poems and would like play Mozart and have us draw like what we felt. And like, she was just like a beautiful woman. And I, you know, really respected her and felt like comfortable with her in a way that I didn't feel around a lot of adults. And like having this kind of conversation when you're eight is like hard, like to talk about feelings and like things that make you uncomfortable. But I remember saying like, I didn't know what to do. And she was the person who said like, you don't have to do it like you're in control of like of your career and she treated me and this like it was important like it like an adult not just like nobody cares if you do this but like you get to control what you like you're in charge of your own life and career and like this matters to you and that's why you shouldn't do it as opposed to no one will miss you if you don't do it or like this is a frivolous activity don't do it it was like you have agency. It makes me think a lot about like kids in kids often have to play victims in like art in in film and in theater. Like usually kids are like the canvas upon which shit is happening and I was definitely, as a kid, like, typed as, like, wide-eyed, sad girl. But, you know, for the most part, that was... There's one side of the camera. It was just like, hey, look into this window and and basically, like, have your normal face, which was wide-eyed and sad. When I was, like, three or four, probably, I did an episode 
of America's Most Wanted, which was, it was a, a story of like a family who ran a bowling alley and early in the morning, like two gunmen just like came in and shot this entire family, like shot the two-year-old, a six-year-old and their dad and like took the probably not that much money they had and left and like they never caught these people and the six-year-old like bloodily crawled her way to a phone and called the police and like you can hear records of her like bleeding out and like crying and saying what happened to her and her family and like I was the two-year-old and I remember like I remember doing it I remember like being in a bowling alley being like woo I'm like doing something in a bowling alley and I remember them being like okay lie on the floor now and that was like me in a pool of blood but I didn't know that my mother like made sure that that I didn't know what was going on and that like the other side of that shot which was like men pointing a gun at my head like I didn't see that they shot that later so it wasn't until I think I was like 15 when I finally actually saw that and I was horrified because I just watched myself get like shot as a two-year-old in the forehead and then bleed out on the floor like there are certain circumstances where you can't help but and particularly when you get a little older like when you get in the 8 to 12 range and kids are like every experience is a formative experience oftentimes like kids get into this professionally because like it's a fun activity because their parents want them to make a little money for college because they like the playing pretend aspect and like that is what it is or like because they're good at it because like they can follow directions well and can emote like when they need to and can speak better than their peers maybe like there are they're not making decisions like I want to put myself in emotional harm I want to like live difficult experiences the way that like adult actors might be doing so when you're showing a kid a script like that and a story like that and they have the tools to understand the literal aspect of what's happening but like they don't have any emotional tools to deal with it or to understand it in any wider concept than like it being the most insane thing they've ever heard that's that's terrifying like that's I don't know what you can say about that My name is Trey Fillmore, a founding member of Artilliers, and this is what cruelty sounds like.
This is Trey Fillmore you're listening to. The track is called Help Me. The music you heard at the top of the show is by a band called Loom, which you can find for free online. Cruel Runnings is a product of Artilliers, a new paraclassical theater company. We do old plays, new ways, and new plays in bold places. To hear more about our mission, click the link in our description to go to our Kickstarter. We're currently kickstarting our inaugural season, and we'd love for you to be a part. You can also find us on Facebook at facebook.com slash artilliers and Twitter at artilliers. We'd love a follow. We are officially on iTunes under Cruel Runnings. If you haven't subscribed yet, go there. I even better, write us a review if it's a good one. They count for visibility. And of course, we hope to see you at our toe, our toe coming this September. Keep your ears peeled for more info. Thanks for listening, guys. Keep it cool.